Welcome back to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, but you can call me Swell. Here on the Swell Shenanigans Podcast, I talk about really whatever I want, but this week for this Soul Swell episode, Soul Solo, I can't talk. I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's really hot in LA today. For some reason, I'm wearing a pullover, and uh, my dog Hermes has like an ouchie on his snout, and it's stressing me the fuck out because Every vet that I have tried contacting is not open today, and I'm totally not freaking out about it. So we're going to go tomorrow. Everything's fine, but he's, he's not in pain, so I'm just – I'm overreacting. I'm just being an overdramatic pet mom, and he's probably fine, and he just scratched his face or something, but I'm being dramatic. But anyway, for this solo swell episode, while I stress out about my dog, I'm doing a listener episode because I haven't done one in a hot minute. And Hermes, I, I love you. Please lay down and stop stressing me out and trying to eat our cords because this is how I pay my bills. Please stop. This is how I keep the lights on in your apartment because let's face it, I just pay the rent here. You run this place. Anyway, uh, we have quite a few audio messages and we also have quite a few email messages uh, for shenanigans. So for some reason on Anchor, there's no date system on any of the messages. So I think that I'm covering all the new ones. There's a very real chance that I am missing a new one or I am repeating one that was already done last time because I have the memory of a turtle and also um, Hermes. (laughs) You're going to drive me insane. I love you. You're so cute. Please lay down. There's no dates on any of these voice memos. So I may have to start going through and deleting some of the old ones um, and just archiving them so I have them saved. But There's a very real chance that I'm going to repeat one from a previous episode or the like. So that's where we're at. But we're just going to start with some email ones because we have a lot of email ones to get through today. So, and as always, disclaimer, I'm dyslexic. And so I've chosen a really great career where I have to read things. (laughs) The reason I give you guys the dyslexia notice is because already I'm having difficulties talking because I am annoying. But uh, once I start reading these, you're going to realize, oh, she could barely read. (laughs) So I've picked a great career where I have to read people's stories on audio. Sorry, audio listeners, but there is now a puppy in my lap. He's trying to eat my hair. I know why. You cannot eat the drawstring. He's trying to eat the drawstring. He's gnawing on my arm, audio listeners. Yes, I love you very much. Do you want to lay down or do you want to, what are you doing? Okay. He's just going to gnaw on my wrist, I think. Yes. Hello. I love you very much. Anyway, let's get into some of these stories. Uh, let me start with one of the audio messages and we'll just start off there. How about that? All right. So this is a three-parter, so I don't know how this is going to play out. Hello, Amanda. Um, I have been a fan of your YouTube for a while. Um, and I recently discovered the podcast, which has been an amazing change to my work commute. But... Um, yeah, so my most recent shenanigan was last week. <laughs> um, I went to a dispensary. I was getting out of my car, making sure I had my ID and the cash because they do cash purchases at this store. So I went in, made my purchase. I was coming out and heading to my car, and I was like, uh, hmm, where are my keys? <laughs> And I realized that... Okay, so that's part one. So the problem with the Anchor audio messages is they are only allowed for 59 seconds. So you got to talk quick or we get multiple parts like this. Here we go. Here's part two. So keys are locked, so lost. Um, I realized that my keys were still in my ignition 
and my car was on and my car was locked. <laughs> so I was like, uh, hmm, what am I supposed to do? Because my spare key is at my parents' house and I can't really ask my parents to bring me the spare key given the where I was parked, <laughs> given that I was holding a bag from the dispensary. All of my friends were out of town for winter break, so I didn't know what to do. Um, and I ended up calling a girl that I had been on a couple dates with, <laughs> and I have to make a third part. Oh my god. Okay, already right off the bat, if you're ever in this situation, as someone who is, uh, who was who living with my father, he... He knew I was smoking weed, but he also didn't like to be aware that I was smoking weed. And it's legal in California. It was legalized when I was in college here and all of that. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, here's how you handle this if your parents are ever in this situation. If you've already bought the bag, okay? If you need to, if you don't want someone to know that you actually just like got stuck in the weed thing, whatever, okay? Say you pulled over to make a call, something. And then you didn't realize the car, you left the car running because you're like, oh, it's fine. It's gonna be two seconds. Like there was an emergency call. There was a, there was a bug. There was a bee in your car. You had to pull over. You had no choice. You didn't know where you were pulling over. You just had to get out of the car, okay? And you freaked out. You got out. You didn't even think to turn off the ignition. But you call them, but you go back inside the dispenser and you say, hi, I'm so sorry. I need someone to come pick me up to unlock my car and bring their spear key. I'm going to need you to hold on to this bag. And sometimes, depending on where you're at, some places will be like, no, you bought it. We can't hold it. X, Y, and Z, like all this other shit. Sometimes they'll hold it for you. Okay. If you're nice. Okay. That'll go in even farther. Don't be panicked. Just be like, I'm sorry. Like someone has to come by. I really don't want them to know that I just bought weed from here. Can you just like hold on to this for two seconds? I don't know. Give it to the security guard. Maybe usually those places have security guards, at least here in California, because like you mentioned, it's a, a lot of them are cash businesses. So they usually have security guards on site. That's my suggestion is just do the, the bug story. I had to pull over. I had no idea where I was pulling up, you know, that type of thing. Okay. Here's part three. She has called a girl that she's been on a couple of dates with already. This is off to an interesting start. Yeah. So I ended up asking the girl who I'd been on a couple dates with to get my key from my parents' house and bring it. Um, and she was like really great about it, which was good. Um, and I like called my little brother. He um, is 17. And I told him to like where to get the key and to take it out to her and everything. Um, but apparently my mom found out <laughs> and I'm not out time parents um so she thought that this was just a friend um and she went outside and like tried to talk to her and everything which was like oh um really awkward but um but yeah so uh it was like fine and the girl ended up bringing me the key and it was like all good and we were fine for a little bit, but she hasn't been talking to me now for a couple days. So we'll see what happens with that. Listen, if she can't pull through and prevent your parents from finding out you were in the dispensary in a minute without outing you, she may not be someone that you want more dates with. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So I think overall, it's a shenanigan that helped you learn a valuable thing about this person. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're really into the, this girl and I'm just like being a dick right now. But, you know, hey, maybe you just learned this may not be a ride or die. That might be good to know early on. You should know. That's important to know. Like that's like second, third date material. So I am sorry you haven't gotten more dates, but may not be the girl for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so another shenanigan. This one has a tagline a subject line of the bone dry idiot, 
Interesting. Following story is one I enjoyed to retell and feel free to share it for your listeners. So this listener has sent in their shang and they act like I don't give a name, but they said that I can call them the mean RA. In my second year of university, I was working as an RA. During the night shift, I pulled the short straw and got the RA phone, which means if someone does a stupid, I get the call. It was 3 a.m. and I was happily asleep. Of course, that's when I get called. I answer and learn somebody isn't smoking marijuana and that the third floor now smells like Mary Jane. I went down to the floor and immediately smelled it. Now, at the time, the drug was illegal and students caught with were heavily fined. Not to mention the poor RA who caught them has to fill out a shit ton of paperwork. I knock on the door and a brown-haired, bone-dry white boy answered. He was clearly high and slurred his words. The entire ceiling of the room was full of thick steam. I asked the moron if he enjoyed his ride, and he says he doesn't know what I'm talking about. I asked the following question. Okay, why is your room so steamy? I just got out of the shower, he screamed. I stared at him, gave him a full moment to realize his stupidity. When I realized it wasn't coming, I responded, dude, you're bone dry. He looked at me blankly and I realized I was dealing with a true idiot. Why couldn't this dude go to a cornfield like everyone else does? Look, if you keep lying to me, I'm going to get security involved, which means more fines for you. Or you can admit you were smoking and I can give you a warning. Somehow this idiot didn't catch my drift and he started acting like he could intimidate me, which wouldn't happen. You can't call security on me, he said, and then slammed the door in my face. I then proceeded to call security and the idiot was fine. Forced to take a drug program and more. Long story short, RAs don't want to do paperwork and reasoning with us leads to nobody getting fined. P.S. Love your channel. And can we talk about this sweet podcast? Thank you, the mean RA. You know what? Thank you. That's very... (laughs) Watch all these stories be weed related. That's two in a row. So, I mean, I guess... I mean, you tried to reason with him. I think at a certain point when the paranoia sets in and then also if you're just high enough, I think everything seems like a threat depending on this type of person. It does seem like they were pretty stoned if the whole top was like, the t- they were like basically hotboxing their dorm room. So, I mean, you tried to reason with him. I mean, I can't really find fault in this. <laughs> you tried your best. Another email shenanigan. Hi, Amanda. I really only have one shenanigan so far at least, but I'd love your reaction to it. I have ADHD and until recently, I didn't really have a handle on it. Although I believed I did. It comes to the surface in the most random moments, but especially in moments of hype, great excitement, and new experiences. I have since learned to recognize the signals and act on them appropriately-ish. I'm assuming that ish is important. A couple of years ago, I finally got my driver's license after four years of taking lessons and exams. I was so happy and relieved. Because of my my job being far away from my home, I decided to buy a car the moment I had my actual physical license. A friend of mine told me his dad had a car he wanted to sell. It was an old VW Golf with a home-engineered push-to-start system. The driver's window wouldn't come down and a lot more issues that come with old shabby cars. His dad sold me the car for 400 euros, 470. Thank you for the conversion because I'm a dumb motherfucker. (laughs) $475. All I had to my name at the time. This was two days after I picked up my physical license and was legally allowed to drive without a teacher. I am very excited at this point. My friend and I wanted to take it for a spin right out the gate, and so we did. We spent some time putting up some music, and we picked the loudest European hardcore we can think of, and we love it. In my country, European hardcore has a certain stereotype attached to it, important for later. One my friend and I do not look like. 
getting to the highway was a trip in itself because of me letting the engine stall more times than I can count, eventually having to switch seats with my friend because I couldn't get it off a roundabout. Eventually, we make it to the highway where the max speed is 100 kilometers, 16 miles per hour. Thank you so much for the conversion. I'm glad you're like, she's not going to (laughs) know. I do appreciate that. Because of my excitement, my friend egging me on and the music pumping, I accelerate to as fast as I dare, which was about the conversion is 99 miles per hour, 60 kilometers over the speed limit. If the police would have caught me, I would have lost my license right then and there. Thank God they didn't. After a while, I decide to just wing it and take a random exit. We drive through a village onto some back roads, eventually ending up on a countryside road. When entering the area, I saw a sign on the side of the road that indicated a soft shoulder, but in my excitement, it didn't register. So we continue driving down the road. My friend is on his phone looking up some things when I see a curve coming up and two cars coming towards me from the other side. In my mind, I'm not driving terribly fast, so I don't think to slow down to let them pass. Instead, I'll just steer a little off to the road through the bend and let them pass that way. However, while I didn't register the soft shoulder sign a while back, the sign of the road is still very much not capable of holding the weight of a car. And the moment my wheels hit the grass, the car starts sliding and ends up in the mud-filled ditch next to the road. While this has happened, my friend notices nothing. He's still on his phone covered in mud because only his window would open and it was the middle of summer and I have to smack him to get him to wake up. Okay, wait, was he on his phone or was he asleep? We climb out of the car, luckily without any scratches apart from muddy clothes. The people from the two other cars also come out running and are very concerned with our well-being. All of this is still not sinking in with me. I'm still on the brain high and laughing my ass off, and my friend is as well. He was also been driving, diving back into the car to get the keys, his sandwiches, and his wallet in that order. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of the concerned people around us. I mean, hey, if they're good sandwiches, I understand. We call the police as per traffic law and a salvage truck to get the car out of the mud. Two police officers arrive fairly quickly, only half an hour later, but the salvage truck has to drive around for three hours trying to find a bridge he can cross because of the three bridges allowing access to the area are not sturdy enough to carry the weight of the truck. Where are you located that none of these roads are sturdy enough for you? During those hours, oh, I I forget I'm in one of the most overly urbanized countries of all time. Everything is is cement. I'm sorry. Ignore me. I'm being a dumbass. During those hours, the police have me do an alcohol test and ask me some questions as to how this could have happened. They also ask me for my license and registration, which I happily give them. The officer looks at my license, looks at me, looks at the car, and asks me about my license being two days old and my car being in the possession for only 43 minutes at that point. I'm still my stupid old self and laughing through it all. Making light of the situation with my friend and the officers were visibly confused, concerned, and slightly uncomfortable with our processing of the situation. I caught them looking at each other as if to ask, what the hell kind of people are those two? At last, the salvage truck arrives. The guy asks for the key to check if it hasn't been circusing when the car hit the water. He turns the key and immediately the music starts blasting again. In that moment, I see the officers looking at each other again with an exasperated face of, ah, that kind of people. And my friend and I burst out laughing again. The officer makes a joke of, I know the alcohol test tells me you're sober, but in moments like these, the guy from the salvage truck takes the car away and the officers ask if we'd like a ride home, which we gladly take. On the way home, the officers joke that we will be the talk of the month at the bureau, if not longer, and that we broke several records for them. In the end, we had a good laugh with the police and I didn't get in any legal trouble. The car was declared a total loss, unfortunately, and I lost my 400 euros. It's all good, though. I still love the trip, the accident, and the story I now tell people. 
And it's taught me some things about my mental state in new situations. And since that, I haven't had a single scratch on any car. <laughs> okay, much love from the Netherlands. Okay, that makes more sense. Hedwig, thank you so much for sharing this story. You know what? I think in situations like that, listen, every time I have any sort of difficulty with my car, I start hyperventilating. So the fact that you were able to laugh through literally falling into a ditch and getting the car into water, you know what? That's a good sign. And also, I mean, hey, if it was like a brand new car, and then it was declared a total loss. That's one thing. But I mean, 400 euros, that's still 400 euros. You still lost money. And it was probably, it was like you said, the first real car you had just got it, just got your license. Very excited. So I know in the moment it was probably a really bad loss, but it could have been way worse. So all in all, I'm glad you can look on the bright side of it and you see it as like a fun story now. All right, let's do another audio message. Okay, so this is from Marcus. Marcus is a recurring visitor on the swell shenanigans listener episodes he apparently is a walking magnet for shenanigans because it seems like every other story he sends in is very concerning to me so here we go here's marcus hello amanda it's uh, marcus again um, in the last podcast you said i should do an audiobook um, or a podcast uh, well i haven't done either of those i'm afraid but um i have narrated some short stories i wrote um, I was meaning to narrate them for a while, but what you said kind of motivated me to finally do it. And um, I put the recordings on a website and I sent me a link to you in Instagram DMs. Uh, anyways, uh, the shenanigan. So this was a few years ago when I was working with the council, and um, this time I was in a forest um, cutting away some invasive species um, of plants, not animals. <laughs> and uh, during the lunchtime, because we were in the middle of nowhere, we couldn't go anywhere to eat, so we just had a, a barbecue in the forest. Um, I had a, a campfire going, we were cooking the buns on the fire, well, cooking the meat on the fire. And I was buttering the buns. It was my little task. And I am running out of time already. Um, I have to make a part two. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> Marcus, I'm sorry. To me, you have such a thick accent that I just really want to hear it. And like you said, you hey, you're narrating your own stories. That's awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> okay, so part two. So um, I was uh, preparing the buns. And I was putting the meat, cooked meat on the buns, made a burger. And then I went to reach for one bun, and then I couldn't see it for some reason. I don't know why, well I didn't know why, so I reached out to look for it, and I realised I couldn't also see my hand while I was looking for the bun. And that's when it kind of finally kicked in, and I couldn't see anything. Uh, I, I went blind, I don't know, I don't understand what happened, but I was blind. I didn't notice when I went blind, because um, it was so weird, you know how blind people say, like, it's not like they see darkness, you just see nothing. That's what happened, but... I didn't actually register that I was blind until I actually tried to look for something. Anyway, so I was sitting there kind of panicked. I was like, holy shit, I, I can't see. <laughs> um, so I just put everything down, went to a log and sat down for like an hour. And then by the time my lunch hour was up, I could finally see again. And then um, I still don't know what happened. Jesus Christ, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm not laughing because I know in the moment that's terrifying because I have had that happen to me before. We're just in the moment. You just kind of see it wasn't like all of a sudden I was looking for something and I realized I couldn't see. I had like black move over my vision one time when I was washing dishes. I was, God, I was in high school, although mine was caused by severe stress. So, I mean, I don't know if it's that. I mean, hey, you're dealing with invasive species in the woods working, you know, maybe it was that. Just, it hasn't happened since for me. I'm assuming based on your story that it hasn't happened since for you. So it could be stress related, but I'm also not a doctor. So I don't know. So I don't know if this counts as shenanigan because now I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm not laughing, but just Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I, I hope you're okay. I hope you're okay. I don't know how to switch off from that. I'm glad you're narrating your stories. Jeez. I don't know how to switch off from that. 
but yeah, I, I'm sure in the moment that was really scary. So, I, but you just you just casually sat on the log for the hour, my guy. <laughs> Jeez, thank you for sending in your shenanigans. Oh my goodness. Okay, this person actually sent in their audio file separately for me. Um, they said that they wanted to edit out their pauses, so they actually instead of recording it for. Uh, through Anchor, they actually did it this way. So I'm going to play this now. Hey, Amanda. Um, my name is Matthew. My shenanigan is kind of a noble one, I think. I don't know. Quite a few years ago, I used to uh, live in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And um, there's a school up there called Michigan Tech that every year they had a winter carnival. And part of the winter carnival was an, a thing called the all-nighter, which was basically just a reason to stay up all night and party. And... Well, during one particular winter carnival, um, my friend had like someone he knew was visiting who used to go to Michigan Tech, and he used to like be the mascot. So he like I guess earlier in the evening he he got into the uh, the SDC, which is basically where all the sports stuff is, and stole the mascot costume and just wore it around campus, and I guess it seemed appropriate because no one called him out on it. And it wasn't until like a little while later, we realized he stole it. So we went on like this <laughs> mission to uh, break back into the SDC just so we re we could return it. So I, I guess that's fairly noble, right? <laughs> you know what, Matthew, I'm going to give you that. Yes, it's very noble. <laughs> okay, my high school... We had a mascot called the Knights, okay, or the Knight. We were the Foothill Knights, but our, our mascot was a knight, okay? And there was a knight uh, who was our – we had a, a mascot that was a knight, basically. Um, and I always wanted to steal the costume. I always wanted to steal it, always. But I always thought – I was like, you know, just one time. One time I just want to, like, steal the costume and be in it. So, I mean, I understand the impulse of your friend. Um, but I know nice of you to, like, return it. That's nice. That's good. That's noble. We'll count that. I mean, if he got in there one time, was it like, did it relock? I'm trying to understand. I, I'm trying to understand the extent of the breaking part before we get to the entering. You know, like the noble part is the entering and returning, but I'm trying to understand the extent of the breaking. Please elaborate next time. <laughs> okay, let's see. Hi, Amanda. I recently started listening to your episode about listener stories, and I thought, oh boy, do I have a story for you. It's about how I got scammed in my first ever job a couple of months ago. I'm from Spain. So sorry if my English isn't perfect. Here's the story. That's okay. English is my first language and I can still barely read English. So you're good. I was in my second year of college and needed cash just like any other broke college student ever. A friend sent me an ad from a museum that was looking for tour guides. And since I love history and had made tour guides for exchange students in high school, I felt ready. I had to go through three different interviews and it wasn't easy, but I got the job. I love that job is in parentheses. She's job in air quotes. Um, very. <laughs> Every week they sent me this piece of paper that really looked like a contract and had my name on it and nothing seemed weird. So I signed them. I assume I had weekly contracts and that was fine. Four months later, I was applying for a scholarship and I asked my boss for a paper to justify the four months. I had been working there and he replied, I can't do that. You are not hired. I've been working there for four months for like a third of the minimum wage. And it turns out I didn't even have a contract. So under Spanish law, 
all of this was legal. That week I told him I quit, although it wasn't really necessary since I wasn't hired. And then he gets so mad and he starts calling me. He texted me in all caps and he was like, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. Don't even ask why. I am still wondering. And I said, okay, my cousin is a lawyer. (laughs) After a couple of weeks, turns out that having a bunch of 19-year-olds do your job without a contract is extremely illegal. He actually had committed a couple of felonies and went ahead first to the police station to sue me for something and got himself a fine. And I got some financial compensation too. That's it. I hope you liked it. Even if you even have time to read it. I did. Welcome to the podcast. I'm finishing my computer science degree in Spain. So if you are planning to make a video about NFT or crypto or other scams, maybe I can help. Yeah, that's definitely on him. You don't seem to, you you thought you had a job. And I mean, I guess in the, in the moment you probably didn't think, I mean, I don't know how uh, contracts work out there. I mean, yeah, I, if it was my first job, I put, I probably would have also been like, oh yeah, week to, week to week contract. That sounds right. I definitely had jobs that I did before I was 18 and the legal working age out here of 16 or whatever, where it was like, there wasn't really a contract and I was kind of being paid under the table. So at the time I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. And I didn't realize that it was probably not all right. And that they were violating labor laws, you know, and all of that. So at least he was being stupid and went in and got fined and you got some compensation for that because yeah, he basically wasted your time. So that's, <laughs> I'm sorry, geez. But I mean, I guess it kind of all's well that ends well and all that. So yeah, so we've got one more audio message. This one's titled Sunglasses Shenanigans. Hi, Amanda. My name is Ophelia. Last summer, I got a pair of gigantic green plastic sunglasses. They look like if Poison Ivy from Batman was in the scene in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they wear those giant goggles and Mike TV gets stuck in the internet, like those vibes. And I got them being like, oh my God, I'm going to look so fabulous by the pool. It's going to be great. And then on New Year's Eve, I got a concussion. And now I have to wear these glasses all the time or else my eyes start burning. And whenever I see myself in the mirror, I have to laugh because I look like some Hollywood diva that is about to throw her coffee on somebody because they won't get out of her way. So that's my life. And I do, in fact, wear my sunglasses at night. Also, the podcast has been very much helping me as I cannot watch YouTube or read books. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Ophelia, I don't mean to laugh, but like, oh my gosh. Okay, one, I'm glad that the podcast is nice. Here, where's my glasses? Hang on. I just got, here we go, solidarity. Okay, so I got my very first pair of prescription sunglasses ever, so um, I can do the rest of this episode like this. I'm glad that you had the sun, like, I I know in the moment you were like, these are for fun, and then you got a concussion, and now it's like for your own health, you have to wear them. So I mean- Hey, at least you liked them. It's not like they were like, here are the sunglasses you have to wear. And they're like prescribed sunglasses. And they're like probably super bulky and like blocked out and blah, 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 blah. So at least you got some that like you had picked out and you liked. So that's nice. I'm sorry you got a concussion. Holy crap. Jeez. Uh, I whack my head far too often for me to like have not ever had a concussion. Genuinely shocked I haven't had one. But I'm sorry you feel like you look like a Hollywood diva. If it helps, I feel like everyone should act like them every once in a while. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, they seem to have you having a good time. I'm glad that you're okay. I'm glad you like the podcast. And you know what? I feel like the bright, awesome green sunglasses could be way worse. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for submitting a story. And luckily because these are prescription, I can still read. Oh, this is nice. All right. The last email shenanigan. Let's go. 
Hi, Amanda. I just wanted to say that I love the podcast. Thank you. I've been watching it since the first episode and I can't wait to see where it goes next. I've also been a longtime fan of your YouTube channel and I love your videos. I have been binging them today while I have been having a chronic pain flare up and it was honestly made my day better and I don't feel as bad staying in bed. Aw, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, on to the shenanigans. So I kind of have the reputation of being able to convince people about really mundane things that may or may not be true. One time I convinced my niece that she was a werewolf and kept up the lie for a while. I even got my mom and my sister in on it. A shenanigan for another day. That's always good. I, I once did a whole Girl Scout dinner where I was like, there. it happened to be a full moon. It was a whole thing. And I was like, I can't look at the moon. I, I just, I can't look at it. Sorry, I don't know. I can't tell you why. I just can't look at it. I was that fifth grader, so yes. The shenanigan though is my greatest one yet. My magnum opus shenanigan, if you will. I convinced my fiance that Poot Lovato was a real person. Now you are probably wondering how I did this. Well, I honestly don't know. Poot Lovato, for those of you who don't know, is a meme <laughs> of a photo of Demi Lovato uh, at an award show on a red carpet. And the way the flash is and the way she's smiling, the way she's standing, she looks like a completely different person. Okay, so Poot Lovato came of that photo of Demi Lovato. They look like a completely different person. My, my apologies. Basically, I turned to my fiance and said, Hey, did you hear about the drama that is going on with Poot and Demi Lovato? And he replied, in our naturally beautiful Australian accent. <laughs> Who the fuck is Poot? <laughs> I'm sorry. That just, I, <laughs> I love that you slid that in there. <laughs> Who the fuck is Poot? No, I haven't. This is where I knew I could get him. He didn't know about the Poot meme. I turned to him. You haven't heard of Poot? What the hell? They're as famous as Demi. You are fucking with me, aren't you? I can see the doubt in his eyes. How did he not know who Poot was? Did he just forget a whole ass person? He has seen Camp Rock. He knows who Demi is. Could Poot be the Lovato family's version of Frankie Jonas, the forgotten Jonas brother? No, I haven't heard of them. I didn't even know that Demi had a twin. I had him. Hook, line, and sinker. I grabbed my phone and showed him this photo attached and said, this is them. I can't believe you haven't heard of them. I know they got out of the limelight before Demi, but I remember seeing them on so many girl magazines with Demi. Are you sure you don't remember them? I scrolled and showed more photos of Poot. He shrugged and said they couldn't believe that he couldn't believe it. He said he had never seen Poot before and asked why they were called that. I think in the high of being able to trick him, I mumbled out an excuse that it was an old family name and he nodded and said something along the lines that Poot must not have loved that, to receive a name like that. I feel like the infamous potato chip scene in downtown. <laughs> if you get that reference, yes. We continued to talk about Poot and Demi for a few minutes before I turned to him, shit-eating grin, and looked him dead in the eyes and said, Poot doesn't exist. I'm just fucking with you. And the look on his face, priceless. His face dropped and he just stared at me. He couldn't believe that I had made a whole last person up. The Poot incident gets brought up every couple of months and he still can't believe that he wholeheartedly fell for Poot and honestly, neither can I. Thanks for reading my shenanigan. I would send in more if I find, if you find this one interesting, just remember Poot will always be in our hearts. Susanna. Susanna? I'm sorry. I'm horrible. And then they attached a photo of Poot. I will link a photo, a link to photos of Poot if you would like. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> if you would like to send in more stories, go right ahead. Absolutely. I, for one, have always tried to do this, specifically with my dad and my brother. Um, my brother, I once tried to convince that uh, Captain America was in fact a real person, not Steve Rogers. Like there was legitimately a Captain America in World War II. I, I went so, so far as to make a fake uh, or edit a 
Wikipedia article and send it to him. It, it, it went pretty far, okay? But he also has never done his own research once a day in his life, so it was not that hard. The other one was a time that my dad and uh, and his girlfriend and I were talking, and I can't remember what it was. There was a Christmas song. I think it was Frosty the Snowman. And there was a line that he said, right. And I was like, it's not that. What are you talking about? It's Parsnip. Oh, it's Parsnip, Parsnip Brown. He, it, the line is Parson Brown. And we said Parsnip Brown. And Lisa, his girlfriend, just immediately jumped on the line with me and just kept the lie going for a good two weeks. It was very nice. We were just like, what do you – Parson Brown. Oh my God. I can't believe you believe that. It's parsnip. What are you talking about? So I totally understand <laughs> lying about things like that because it's fun in the moment. It's why not? You know, who, who it's mostly harmless. <laughs> but I'm glad that your uh, guy could learn the wonders of Poot Lovato because more people should know about Poot Lovato. I think that's all for the stories today. I think that's everything. The only thing we can talk about is that apparently my uh, swell shenanigans podcast at gmail.com email. If you would like to send in your own shenanigans, you can send it there or you can go to the anchor page and go hit message and send me an audio message if you would like. But the email apparently has been shared to some scam websites because I've received several fake invoices for Norton Security. I don't use Norton. Stop it. I'm not going to contact you and give you my money. They are all different emails, so it's not like all the same one. I just think, oh, no, someone sent me several of the same. So it's fine. I think that's funny. Anyway, that's it for all of the shenanigans. As always, if you would like to share your shenanigans and potentially have it read out here, on the podcast, go ahead and send it to swell shenanigans podcast at gmail.com or go to the anchor website and hit the message with a little plus sign in the bubble and you can send in an audio message. That's going to be it for today. Thank you all so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. See you next Wednesday. Goodbye.